Just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. This is to be aware that there may, be Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Pollyanna Amazing, And today I have a fantastic show. Um, gosh, Christopher is my guest. He is the author of The Conscious Cock. And Christopher, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Um, we're going to have a raucous store or show today and like with both of our, our backgrounds in piracy and <laughs> swearing and sex, we're going to have a good time. So thank you everybody for showing up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Christopher, what made you think about writing a book about number one, conscientious behaviors or number two, Cox? Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, I, like I have wanted to write a book my entire life. I literally started taking notes and clippings from newspapers and, and, and stuff like that. Like when I was 20, 25, 26 years later, now I finally, you know, I have something put together and, and, and I, it's, it's about what I've always wanted in my own life since I was a teenager. Like I just knew through and through and through every cell in my body that I wanted a long-term, successful, hot, sexy, engaged relationship that didn't get boring, where we didn't get apathetic, where we didn't fight all the time. Like I knew I wanted that, not the Hollywood romance bullshit sitcoms that are totally codependent. No, something really, truly successful. So I just spent my entire life learning how to accomplish that. Communication, sex education, uh, anatomy and physiology, um, all these things. And then I, I put it together in my own life and like, I've made it work for me and I have what I've always dreamed of. And then I'm looking around me and I'm just seeing like, wow, me too hit boom. And then, oh my God, the world changed. And I'm looking out there like, wow, I could, I could write all these sex techniques and communication tools and intimacy um, strategies. You know, I could totally write it gender neutral. I could write it for everybody. I, I could dim it down or something like that. To, to make it uh, appropriate for everyone. But I'm like, you know, who needs the most help is your average heterosexual guy. Correct. Like they're the ones nowadays who are emasculated by feminism, which puts them between on one side of rock and the other on the hard places is, is all these women doing self-empowerment work who say, I want to feel your power. And then the guys are in the middle here going, I don't fucking know what to do. Right. Rock in a hard place here. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. These guys need help. They want to be a powerful lover, but they don't want to be a jerk, right? They, 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 they want to bring their power out in the bedroom, but they've been emasculated their entire life. Mm -hmm. How do they actually get out of that paralysis to have an egalitarian relationship of empowered sexual equals? Whoa, there's no textbook that. for that. Yeah, right. That's what I wanted when I was 15 right. or 25 or 35 or 45. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me fucking write it. <laughs> That's <laughs> how it is. How to manual. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I love the, you use the egalitarian term because that to me just makes things so much easier. You know what you want, go get it, go get it. You have the ability to do that. And you've done that and your book is enjoyable. I mean, you know, I, 
this is a, a fun thing that whenever, you know, you have guests on and they want to talk about their books, they send you copies of them. And this one happened to have an audio version. So I made my husband listen to it in the car Great. on our way to hike at Mount Rainier. I'm just name dropping because I love that. Awesome. <laughs> right. You, you can listen to it in, yes. your, in your headphones. And if yes. you need privacy, then you don't have a book laying around. Right. 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 And it was just a great thing because you covered so many different topics that are so, you know, they're just pertinent to what men need. And just like you were saying, the, the, the men are on that tightrope, right? On this side, they have their mom or whomever is teaching them or their dad to be the man that they need to be. And over here is the goal, the female, male, whomever that they're trying to get to. I know your book is catered towards the heterosexual male, but it can still, you know, there's, there are so many applications that this could help with in any male bodied person. So the cool thing is, is, you know, you've got that ability that you've kind of lined everything out. This is like, um, it's dating for dummies almost, but with the biggest bonus ever, there's so much more than just, you know, this is how you talk to a girl and this is how you don't. There's so much more. And I'm really curious as to like, how did you ever, pare down all of your information like because because I know there's so much stuff that you could talk about just um the energies the sexuality the the humanity of being male how do you how did you do that how did you slow down in systems that yeah I think in systems which uh -huh. is kind of a guy thing to do if you want to talk about gender stereotypes but it based in reality also I went to school at Boston University School of Education to become a teacher. So I learned curriculum development and instructional design and stuff like that. So I'm really good at breaking things down. I'm good at management and things like this. So if I want to communicate a really crazy, chaotic cloud of lots of diverse different concepts, I got to be able to distill that to nuggets mm -hmm. to provide high value quickly. Right, right. There's so many books I've read where you're just like, I think I'll watch Netflix <laughs> or you like you read a chapter and then somebody says what happened in the chapter and you're like I, I can't explain it mm -hmm. it's too ethereal right. uh so like I wanted it to be more like a how-to manual like two to five pages bam you're empowered you can take that implement it immediately in your life and it makes a big difference right this is high value we live in the information age we can't like spend too much time we got to have like matrix download we need a matrix right. download to learn how to fly that helicopter in two seconds right? right that's what this book is about but it's 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 a five pronged approach number one is installing some upgrades which basically means upgrading our belief and thought patterns that were instilled in us by mother culture that don't work in 2021 right. they're outdated let's install some upgrades to operating number two uh is communication tools let me just go through this correctly because we didn't learn. No, number two is understanding your partner, how to understand women. Guys don't learn this. It's not taught in school. You get a lot of bullshit from Hollywood and your friends and you repeat patterns that you see in your caregivers and stuff like that. But guys don't really understand women. So uh, then after that, I go into communication tools because we haven't learned how to have get our, our true essential information out on the table so that other people know who we really are. We, we tend to have masks on and play, play the part that we want other people to think we are or we ex they expect us to play. And then I give them modern sex education, not sex ed from like the just say no era, which was about birth control and abstinence. No, no, pleasure-based modern uh, sex education that, about like the, the true yoni map. Right. Like understanding female anatomy that we didn't understand 20 years ago because we didn't have a map of the, uh, the nerves and how they innervated the vulva back then. Uh, and then after that, last thing is like actual sex technique. Guys, if you want to give her a cervical orgasm or if you want to understand how to rock her world with the G-spot, if you, you, know, you really want to know how to touch her the way that's just going to make her glow, how do you technically do it? actual motions of that's what most people want to know how do i last longer in bed and i'm like wait well slow down sparky i got i got to teach you these other things first before you're worthy of wielding the power of the sex techniques that i share at the end anyway like that gives you kind of a comprehensive mm -hmm. uh portfolio of skills to be a good human being mm -hmm. a good partner that isn't just like 
trying to own or dominate or use your partner for your desires. Like, I, I think sometimes, and, and you were, you were talking about that in your point, I think sometimes that men and women feel like, you know, there's that power struggle back and forth. One has to be the powerful, powerful one. The other one has to be the more meek and mild, but there, there are ways to make relationships work where two people are, they're the king and queen, and that is it. And you don't need that, um, oh, that feeling of, well, I should be a little more docile because he's the powerful one or she's the powerful one. So I'm just going to stand over here on the side. There's no need for that when you can be this power couple together using those techniques that you teach that, I mean, like they're pretty phenomenal. And then that's just like you were saying, that's, these are basic steps to help you to be better. There's so much more that goes on, right? You teach it. I teach it. Sex isn't just sex. And you were also saying that, you know, you, people are asking you immediately, how do you, how do you last longer in bed? That's the big question oh, yeah. always. Big How do you, question. Yes. And it's not an overnight success story, guys. It's just not. It takes practice, muscle memory. It takes new neurons, new neural pathways going through your brain to say, hey, these are good things and we should keep this up as a couple. I think that that's pretty fantastic. Um, did you find any one section of this book more difficult to, to write out than others? Let me just think about that. That's the first time anybody's ever asked me. I'm just going to like Shazam <laughs> glance through the table of contents here. Go ahead. Um, I just harder wonder, to write than yeah. any of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, was there any one thing that you personally, it resonated with you so much that you just needed to get that part out so that oh, you could, sure. yeah, tell me. That I can answer easily. Understanding women. Um, guys are bewildered a lot of the time. Guys are, f- they're, they're like, ah, oh, one day she says this, the other day she says that. They want to throw up their hands. They're like, I don't get it. Women, you know, pff, women, right? Isn't that cliche? Yeah. Um, because it's so common. And that's a, a failure. That is a failure in our parenting and our education, is a failure to empower him to succeed in the relationship with her. Women tend to get guys. Guys are pretty direct and simple, and they've, you know, world, the, the world culture is oriented around men. So women are pretty well trained on them, but guys are kind of confused. Like, mm-hmm. guys, like if a woman says, Oh, I just got my period. Oh my God, shit, I don't have a pad. Can you go pick me one up at the store? Guys, like, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like, terrified. He's like, He goes to the pad aisle, tampon aisle, what do you, what do you want to call it? Feminine aisle. And he's just like, oh, You're in the headlights. Like, I don't know what the fuck. He, he, like, why, why, why? We can do that. Right. We, we totally can learn. Okay. You got big pads, medium pads, and little pads, uh-huh. heavy days, light days, medium days. Okay. That's not difficult. Oh, a tampon. Okay. Well, you get it with an applicator or not, you get natural or, or bleach. Like it's not difficult. Right. There's nothing dirty about it anyway. So, so I grew up surrounded by powerful women. Thank mm-hmm. God. They taught me how women work. I learned it and I learned to actually be a powerful version of myself within that context, not be a wishy-washy nice guy. Yeah. No, but actually be me, actually have my own spark, right? right? But still be able to coexist in a dynamic, beautiful way with powerful women. So I learned that skill set. So I understand them and I can write it out. Guys, let's start with the fucking menstrual cycle. You need to understand this shit. (laughs) You do. You want to be in a relationship with a woman. She changes if she's got a menstrual cycle, like half the month, you could say she's on uppers. The other half of the month, she's on depressants. Like, holy shit. Good luck living with that. If you don't understand how to work with it in an empowering way as an ally, rather than getting flustered and thrown off your, your, your balance. And then having that plant seeds of discontent in your relationship that eventually become minds and blow up in your face and destroy things. Like, no, no, no. You got to understand how women work. Yeah. That's fantastic. So you being in touch with your masculine and your feminine, um, does it mean that you, yeah, I, I say this sometimes, Oh, you, you're in touch with your masculine and your feminine and men shrink back and say, I don't dress like a woman. Like I don't try to, to do women things. No, no, no. <laughs> we both, we all have feminine and masculine energies in our bodies. That's just who we are. And it's capitalizing on the positives of each of those parts. Like mm-hmm. maybe if you're a male and you feel like you're too caring, like you, you're too loving, that it's more of the feminine too much, you know, 
it's, it's okay. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a contest of which is, which is higher in your body in the day. It, it can flow. That's what energy does. It flows and we can flow back and forth from the feminine to the masculine because I do it every day. You do it every day. It's just how we are. As every she- human does it in their lives. You know, it's very useful, I think, to look at things from a hormonal perspective, like a biochemical perspective. Mm-hmm. It, if you can't have the ability to look at the biochemistry that is a reality in this system that we live in, this biochemical tissue that we're in, then you're missing out on a huge thing. Um, so, like, I tend to have a lot of testosterone. That's my body. I didn't used to. When I was born, I had very little. When I was a toddler, I had very, very little. As a young boy, I had very little. You know, when it hit me at 13, oh my God, I changed, right? And I was on the fucking rocket ship ride. Imagine there's a rocket and I got motorcycle handlebars and I'm just trying to hang on for like the next 10 years. Holy shit, that was difficult. That was hard for me to navigate that biochemical power in my body that was causing changes to my thought patterns, my desire level, a woman that I found attractive would walk by and I would instantly be aroused. I didn't have choice. There was no choice there for me. It's not a decision. There's a chemical in my body causing things for me in my mental process, my emotional state and my physical body. Okay, so let's say mid-20s, it starts to dwindle a little bit. Thank God, I feel some sanity coming back to me, right? Oh, I can begin to see clearer by my 30s and 40s. I, can, I feel like, oh, I got myself here. I'm balanced, okay? But by, by the time I hit my 70s, 80s, I'm going to have dwindling testosterone. A lot of my friends in 60s, 70s, 80s, they can't get erections anymore. Life changes. We change hormonally through our lives. I, I, I knew a person who... Uh, went through uh, gender, you want to call it reassignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, previously she was living as a woman, then transitioned to live as a man and took uh, hormone supplements, mm-hmm. testosterone supplements. And the first time he took that pill, he understood men in a new way. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, this woman walked by and I felt my whole body tingle and I wanted to run after it like uh a rabbit running in front of a cat, the cat can't help but want, it was like foundational, right? Instinctual. The same thing happens for women, right? You don't have a lot of estrogen flowing in your body when you're a child, but then you may have a lot of it when you're, you're in your fertile years. And then as it dwindles, as you go through premenopause, you might be crazy every day. Like I can't get a handle on reality because I'm always getting the rug pulled out from under me one direction. I don't, you know, and then post-menopause, you may feel balance come to yourself for the first time in your life, like a new definition of yourself. Like these hormonal things are real. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Learn about them, people. <laughs> you need to then take you're empowered. That. <laughs> like if you want to try to like navigate treacherous waters and you don't have a good map and you don't have a compass, you're fucked. These yeah. are treacherous waters. Get a compass and get a good map, a modern one, not one that's 20 years old. Then you have a better chance of successfully getting to uncover that treasure, your prize, (laughs) your joy, the sexy, juicy life that you want with your partner. Then you have a chance of actually getting there. Otherwise, you you could have an accident, run aground, I mean, sink, like, uh. I love it that you're throwing in these pirate themes. Yeah, well. I I freaking love you right now. (laughs) So while you were writing this book, and I know you are currently married, you have a partner, correct? female partner and you do have a child too as well. Yeah. Okay. So while you're writing this book from your perspective, are you also um, gathering information from theirs as well? I know you have a a smaller child, but are you, is that what you're, is that a, a, a source of inspiration for you? Just wanting to be the better man yourself for them as a parent, as a father, as a, as a husband, you know, how does that work for you? Is that, is that something that you thought about? Thank you for asking inter- interesting questions to me that no one's ever asked before. Oh, That's lovely. Is that an inspiration for me to be a better man? That's yeah. interesting. Hadn't thought about that before. Um, definitely my relationship with my partner is a crucible uh-huh. where I have learned a lot about love. A lot. Mm-hmm. I have been tempered and honed in this crucible of commitment. And I think commitment's the secret special sauce. Like if you really want relationship success, commit. What do you do if you don't have any exits? How do things change if exiting is not an option? Anyway, so I have 
had this safe container for this uh, uh, for for my ideas to ferment. Uh, the safe idea for me to blossom into this new version of myself because I grew up with a lot of sexual repression. I, I took me a long time to, to actually be able to talk to women, to a long time to feel like sex wasn't dirty or shameful, a long time to then be able to speak about my desires. Oh my God, right? I was so afraid to talk about what I really wanted and it caused a lot of problems because I would, people were in, in relationship with a, a fake person that I was creating to please them rather than the real me. Um, so I have gotten to become, I'll say it this way, the father that I never had, right? Rather than repeating the patterns, I chose to break the patterns and then invent my own version of masculinity, my own version of manhood, my own version of what it's like to be with a penis in this life. So it's not that I want to be, I don't know, I, it's not that I'm doing all this to be a great person for them as much as I get to be the person that I never had as a, in, in my life as a father figure. Uh, that's what I was looking for. I, I just knew, <laughs> I knew that that was something yeah. that you don't give your cre yourself credit enough for. So by the way, I just think that, you know, this book in itself, after reading it and in discussing it with some friends as well. Uh-huh it's, it's basis is in loving kindness. And that's where I like to live in, in my realm of loving kindness. And, you know, there's no, of course, when you write a book, you want to sell books and make money and, and be, you know, <laughs> money. Notable, right? oh. no. <laughs> I you get want... a dollar per book. Right, exactly. For, it's nothing. It doesn't even pay right. for my assistant. But that's the thing. <laughs> Do you love it? I know, right? <laughs> this is a passion project. I'm not making anything on that. Anyway, what, go ahead. That's what I'm getting at. When, when people think, oh, they wrote a book, they do this, they <laughs> lectured, they teach. They want to do this because they want to make money. No, a lot of us do this because it's passion projects. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, social change. Uh, this is how I see to help the world. I can't see the, get the world getting through the problems that the world faces if people can't succeed in their personal relationships. Right. Like right. we can't solve greater relationships if we can't solve the ones that are we live with every single day. How do you do that? Well, you learn to put your truth on the table in a way that doesn't demean the other person. You try to tease out their truth and then co- create, improvise a way forward that validates both of you, if you can. Right. Oh right. my gosh. That's, that's it. You know, so think about from the perspective of, I'm in healthcare. Everybody knows that listens to the show. I, 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 I do that. That's my day job, yep. <laughs> but um, with COVID and masking and social distancing and quarantining and all of these things that are taking us away from face-to-face you know, abilities to speak and touch and hug and love and all that. It, in my mind, in my mind, I'm, I'm just always thinking of how is this going to affect the next generation of people? You know, like I have a 16 year old who has been socially stunted and will never return from her ability to recover high school. Same with my 18 year old, you know, like they, they will never get high school back. Right. So what are these people who are already the ones who um, are on social media, just texting away, nobody's seen your face. There's no face to what you're saying. You can say whatever you want because there's no consequences. Okay. How is this going to react? Like, you know, how, how's our, the next generation of people, how are they going to be just like you doing this passion project to draw out these amazing qualities that people can have? How's that going to work? That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer that, but <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there is a segue off of that about talking about porn yeah. and the, oh, what is it? I was on Google and I searched threesome and then I clicked on images to look at the images that come up for threesome mm -hmm. and it was all porn Yeah. in Google search results was actual triple X rated porn images in Google's search engine results. Right. That floored me. The absolute availability like sure you can have a parental control blocker on your router in your house to to let them to prevent kids from going to Pornhub or mm -hmm. any of these porn sites but they can get the stuff in google search results so like ah uh, okay anyway porn is a de facto go-to sex education for a lot of people it's like the only thing that they can get they don't have to go to the store and buy condoms where it's 
uncomfortable to do the thing in front of the clerk of like, oh, I'm buying condoms. Like they don't have to deal with any uncom discomfort, uncomfortable situation. They just get it. But it, it, they don't understand. It's all, it's all acting. It's all fake that guys are paid by the inch. That's not normal size penis there. That is extra large. That is not the top of the bell curve, guys. Like the women, are, they're so enhanced. They might have $20,000 worth of surgery. And like, they just go into penetration instantly and then go right into the jackhammer, the jackrabbit. Yeah. And that is not how to please a woman. No, 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 no. Connect with her heart. Tell her, demonstrate that you understand what's in her head. Get her reality. And then like show her that you have the patience to, to arouse her the way that she experiences arousal as beautiful. And then she's going to probably unlock to you. And oh my God, the juicy kingdom that you can enter. Right. That you don't learn that in porn. No. Yeah, you're actually stunting your ability to get deep sexual satisfaction by having porn become your version of what's normal. Right. Right. So uh, it's challenging. It's I, challenging. How, uh, how, do, how do you combat that? Well, you know, in, in, there's not a whole lot that you can do. And just like you said, accessibility is there, you know, no matter what. And even, even if you couldn't see naked ladies in pictures as, you know, as a young male or what have you, you'd be drawing them. Like that's what boys do. They draw little ridiculous cartoons with big <laughs> boobs. And, you know, my husband's whole office is full of idealized um, Jessica Rabbit in lingerie photos, you oh, know, okay. yeah. or Wonder Woman in little teeny tiny outfits, um, cowboy hats and such, you know, uh-huh. But that, um, that visual, that visual cue for men is like, oh, pretty, pretty. That's pretty. I want to touch it. I want to sit with it. I want to hold it. I want to put it in my mouth. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's, you know, but as women, we potentiate that as well. We wear things that may be suggestive and, I, and I'm not shaming anybody. Please don't think I am. What I'm saying is that we can't, we can have it both ways. We can have the good with the bad. It's all perspective, right? You know, when, when I go out with my girlfriends, they want to have, you know, they want to wear things that show cleavage and, you know, show their, their beauty, basically, you know, pretty painted nails and, and eyeshadows that, oh, by the way, unlock the key to your brain as a male, um, and says, Hey, come on over, you know, doors unlocked, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, I have a, a huge passion for perspective. Um, there's, I, I don't want to ever think that people are innately horrible or terrible. They're just uneducated in the perspective that maybe I live in. So I think what you've done with this book is give that um, perspective to those who really need a little boost, a little help <laughs> with their own perspectives, because you don't know unless you learn. And geez, you know, not all of us had the greatest of teachers, right? That's a thing. A lot of us had outright abuse and a lot of us had outright fucking trauma, right. recurring right. abuse and trauma. Right. I don't, I, I know very few people who have lived a life free of that. Mm -hmm. So if we take and accept that as let's just say the norm or the usual experience, most of the time, something like that for people, then we can create a, a, a starting point. Yeah. How do we unlock our desires? How do we <clears throat> create a pathway forward to getting connection, love, intimacy, passion, pleasure that we actually want from that place of having experienced being violated, <clears throat> beaten, maybe verbally, maybe physically. You know, how do we actually move out of that place of protection, wearing full plate armor, having our guard up all the time? How do we actually get out of that? Because we are social creatures. If we don't have interaction, if we don't have someone seeing who we are, we wither. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we're in isolation for too long, what happens? Like, look at a yogi, look at a swami, like they, they get skinny, they, they, they basically start leaving this world, but we're not in this world to leave the world, we're in this world to be in this world, like we're born into the species that is a social species. So having the ability to give ourselves permission, having role models that demonstrate the ability of giving oneself permission to accept 
that our desires are valid. It's okay to want love. It's okay to want sex. It's like having someone role model that for you can be revolutionary. Seeing someone who's sexually empowered can be revolutionary. Maybe you've never seen it before. No, I don't mean a porn star in, an, in a film. No, I'm talking a real human being living and breathing relaxation and comfort in their body, acceptance of oh, the fat, the wrinkles, the stretch marks, you know, whatever it might be that we have an issue with, like accepting that and still finding pleasure. Um, who was it that you just had on the show? Michael and Lori. Lori, she's Sorry. a great example of this, right? Like seeing someone demonstrate sexual ease and embodied ease in their life can give us something to copy in our minds. Yeah. And if you're not surrounded by that in your circle of friends, if that's not the norm, and it's not the norm for most people, then you don't have anything to copy. Right. right. If you can't see it, how can you do it? Mm -hmm. That was me growing up. It took me decades to become who I am because I didn't have role models to copy. Yeah. That's a hard path. Mm -hmm. It's much easier if somebody is awesome and then you can copy them. So much easier. <laughs> so people use Pollyanna Amazing as a role model. You know, if you like me, use me. Like copy what what you see with us. Right. Try it on for size. If it works, awesome. If not, customize it or throw it away and try something else. But like, give it if you can. Try to give yourself permission to accept something about yourself that you feel like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way or something like that. Yeah, I think I, I think the the caveat for that is always surround yourself with people who are like-minded, who can make you feel like you're better. Don't hang around with people who drag you down, who have these archaic ideas on how life should be. There are so many ways that you can look at any one topic. The perspectives of life are innumerable. Like you just, there's always another angle to look at something. And just because you don't appreciate one angle versus another doesn't mean that they're not there. It's like COVID. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not there. It's mm -hmm. there. <laughs> and it kicks people's asses. So there you have it. But making sure that you are able to communicate how you feel is huge. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you too, and I don't know, maybe somebody's asked you this. Um, and this has to do with how the perception that men don't always tell the truth. Why do you think that is, I have my own opinion on why men don't in relationships are always afraid to say how they feel. And my thought on that personally is because that they never wanted to offend or harm or hurt their mothers. And so they carry that into their relationship life. That's their, that's how they did that. You know, when you did something bad at school or what have you, and you came home and your mom said, what happened? And you're like, oh, I didn't do that. He did that. It wasn't me. Don't be mad at me. It wasn't me. Right. I think that men, a lot of times carry that over into their relationships and, and, you know, not just men, I'm sure women as well, but I think that that has been a theme in the relationships that I've had in the past. And, and, and I can only go on my own perspective, right? What I've learned, what I've seen. So honesty, dishonesty in a relationship, tell me what your ideas or thoughts on that is. Well, I think it's a great thing to notice that we may have a tendency to genderify. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think it's a great thing to degender. Gotcha. And also, it also very well may be perfectly correct that in the micro culture that you lived in, let, let's say the little the town that you grew up in, that that was the norm. So right. that, that that's correct in, in your little area. Right. Um, so both of these can be true simultaneously. Right. <laughs> Paradox. Good luck getting a handle on it. Um, <laughs> but we can't. It's just not simple. It's more complex, but it's okay. We can understand both sides of the thing and in that complexity have fuller understanding. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there, there, that we, a lot of people learn, some people learn to be bullies. Some people learn to be submissive. Uh, and you know, you can, it's an adaptive behavior if there's a bully that, that you can learn that things generally turn out less painful for you if you go along with what the bully wants. Mm -hmm. um, the pushy person, right? The loud person, et cetera. And kids can learn that with their parents. 
like, yeah. oh, my mom, oh, she goes off if, if I ever do anything wrong. So I'm just going to lie so she doesn't know. So I don't have to deal with the consequences of actually her knowing what I really want and what I really want to do in my life. That was me as a kid. It was a, a functional tool that I learned that I could do what I wanted and get what I wanted in life if I just lied to her and let her believe that I was who she wanted me to be. And I lived that for a decade. It worked. <laughs> and then I carried that forward at 18 when I went away to the university into my relationships. My first had sex at 18 when I went off to college and I was a jerk. I lied because that's what I did with my mama. So I can be the example of what you find normal in, in where you, your microculture. Right. Um, and also like the flip side of that to degenderify it is that a lot of us want other people to like us. Uh-huh is the first thing that comes up for me is wanting to be accepted and liked and being willing to do anything for that. I just want somebody to be, to love me. So I'm going to do whatever they want. And, but then what happens when there's a, a, an impasse where what they want or what you believe their expectation of you is, is not in line with how, what you really want in your real desires. You know, a lot of times I've seen that play out with heterosexual guys in monogamy uh, my entire life growing up. It was my mom was in one relationship after another. They averaged maybe three years and then they would fail and there was cheating and stuff like that. So I've seen it happen with people with high testosterone, men, let's say in general, um, like need to have multiple partners, but they can't satisfy that need for variety within the confines of a monogamous marriage, for example. So they cheat. Right. And then there's a break of trust. Uh, and it, it all falls down. So, but that happens with lots of different genders, not just men. I'm just saying with, with a lot of testosterone, oftentimes comes a need for multiple partners. Yeah. And I think genetically speaking, you know, when they do the comparisons of humans to, you know, primates, um, other primates like monkeys, bonobos, whatever, whatever the, the, the monkey of the day is, or the, <laughs> the ape of the day, what happens is that in the in in the animal world, it's it's okay that they want to have this animalistic behavior, negating the fact that we also have animalistic behaviors. We have those patterns. We have those chemical processes that go on in our brains, and sometimes we can't keep them at bay. I don't know. There's a lot of self-control that people must have in their life to lead successful lives. But then, you know, if you talk about going into more of the, um, of the BDSM or some of the other more, you know, taboo sexual practices that happen, then people are always thinking that, oh, they're just like, that's awful. That's dirty. That's animalistic. I don't understand um, the dichotomy that people can have. <laughs> we need to have it really nice and pretty over here. We really just want to have dirty, rough, tough sex, but you can't do both. Why can't you? Why can't you do both? <laughs> oh, well, I would answer if I'm the person that can't do it. I can't do it because I don't have the tools to access those things. Right. It's not accessible to me because I don't have the, the tools necessary to do those things. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about is self-awareness tools and communication tools. That's what I'm talking about. If I can't tune into myself and answer the question, what are your fantasies, sexual fantasies? If, I, if I, somebody asks me that question and I'm like, I don't know, then I don't know myself. Why? Well, a million reasons why. Because I've just been taught to be a servant and be a good girl and just do what mama says and do the chores, etc. Or be a good boy. Like, don't have your own thoughts and feelings. Just be an employee. Go to school. Get in debt and pay your debt for the rest of your life. Like, just the, the dominant narrative here. Like, so self awareness tools is is the starting place of actually acknowledging that you actually have a sexual desire or that you actually have a fantasy that you'd like to do sometime before you die. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're human. You're alive. It's all right to have a desire. It might be to kiss this person that you always wanted to kiss. And it's just always been a fantasy, not realistic. Lives are different. It's not possible, but that's okay. If you can't actually give yourself permission to feel the thing that is true inside of you, you have no possibility of accessing deeper pleasure at all. It starts with acknowledging what's inside of you but you may never have been in a safe place. 
that may never have been demonstrated to you. It may have been drowned out of you and programmed out of you, beaten out of you by your parents. Just go take the trash out, you know, like shut up, do your homework, all the stuff. But the, the golden nugget at the end of that is if you start the journey and don't give up on yourself, even if it takes 10 years or 20 or whatever, like you move towards increasing authenticity and pleasure in your life. Always focus on safety for yourself and being honest with yourself about what's real inside of you, right? And then when you, there's spaces of safety, where you can share those truths, try to share them. It might be that the truth is that, mama, I don't want the fucking mashed potatoes. Thank you very much. Don't put them on my plate. That might be the truth that you've never been able to get the words out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, you can create safe spaces. So learning to create the, the, the spaces to communicate these things yeah. is, is foundational. No, I don't want the mashed potatoes. Well, it's okay. You can learn how to bring that up if there's something you really want to bring up. Like, you need to preface it. Like, mom, there's something I really want to tell you. I've always been afraid to tell you because I'm afraid you're going to yell at me or, or go crazy. Not crazy, but like um, go off the deep end or like something like that. But I really want to tell you this because it's been bothering me a lot and causing me a lot of anxiety. You know, you can learn how to preface things like that, which kind of reduces the likelihood that they're going to have that negative response, that bad right. behavior. So you can learn these things. Mm -hmm. they're, they're tools, they're technologies that you can learn how to wield. And they're so much better than our parents' generation had or a grandparents' generation had. My grandparents didn't have a vocabulary for talking about emotions. They didn't have the word dysfunction in the dictionary for my grandparents' generation. It didn't exist yet. So how could they talk about the concept if they didn't have the word? Nowadays, we have so many more concepts about emotional experiences and internal experiences and relationship realities that we didn't have 20, 40, 60 years ago. So brush up, do some reading, get a book, get an audio book. Like, Lay a stone in that foundation, lay a stone in that pathway towards satisfying some part of yourself that really wants to be satisfied and like you will make progress. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you wrote this book. One of the things that I have found in my own, like when I teach males, because the majority of the people that contact me are men that want oh, to know how to have sex better. And I'm, awesome. I, I probably, yeah, they totally do. But one of the things that I have found is that, and I would have never guessed this growing up in Kentucky. And, and I, we had this little conversation before we started about how young people, like 12 year old ladies getting pregnant. They're not even ladies, they're girls. Let's just say it. But I have encountered more men that have been sexually abused or, um, you know, sexually assaulted than females. And it's, um, it's the most unusual thing for me because in my mind, in my microcosm of the community that I grew up in, it was not uncommon for females to be sexually exploited or abused. And and they didn't call it that. They called it getting married at 13. You know, <laughs> that's just the way it was. Um, so much work. There's a lot. There is. But... Still. Like, we think we're <laughs> so sure. progressive. We think we're so advanced. Oh, it's 2020, 2021. Women are still getting stoned to death in countries in the world. Right. Women can still be killed for adultery in, what is it, six countries in the world. We still globally have, we're not that far, guys. We're just, just at equality. Right. Right. I have a really good friend who lives in Meritus, Sunit. Hello, Sunit, if you're listening. Anyway, <laughs> she is, she's in a country where they are not allowed to talk about sexuality, you know, like they don't have the, um, like, I, I'm pretty sure there's a law against, uh, you know, sex toys and that sort of thing there. So like, what it's 2021 right like yeah and, and women girls are still getting their clitorises cut off in some yeah. countries in the world because culturally that's how demonized female pleasure is right. that's how powerful male control is and uh, disgusting mutilation and abuse of a child like right. uh, so yeah. anyway, we, we, we can go down so many paths so many rabbit holes with that one for sure <laughs> But on the plus side of all of these conversations, what we can surmise is that you have written this amazing guide for men so that they can pick up a book already and <laughs> learn a little something that they didn't know yesterday. 
And I think that if we encourage people to constantly educate themselves, and if you don't like to read, then again, get an audio book. If you don't like that, watch a YouTube video. We put all of these lovely podcasts and things. There's so many things out there. There's so many avenues for informational access out that you just need to do it. And uh, again, The Conscious Cock, what a great name for a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, we don't have words of endearment for our genitals in the English language. Right. But in other languages, they have different words to refer to things. So our language determines our ability to conceive of things. Mm -hmm. So with no word of endearment, term of endearment or reverence, um, joy, gratitude, appreciation for the genitals, we can't think of them that way. We have right. clinical penis, phallus, right. vagina, vagina. <laughs> or we have derogatory. Oh, oh you're such a pussy. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't be, a, he's such a dick. Mm-hmm. Even, oh, you're an asshole. Right. Well, anybody who enjoys anal pleasure knows that there's a lot of pleasure nerves down there. And really, so asshole is denigrating, uh, I don't know, and denigrating. Anyway, so we're trapped in this reality in English of either seeing things clinically or um, really shamefully. Right. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, can we change our concept by giving ourselves a new idea? Yeah, we can. Conscious cock cock being like a, a rooster who struts his stuff and he's got a really clear voice that you can hear far away and, he, and he's beautiful to look at and he's powerful and the, he looks after the hens and like you know they do better with him around like that's a powerful archetype it's a powerful metaphor for masculinity so but it's conscious it's not unconscious it's not doing what grandpa did right no it's bringing some light of awareness getting some new tools and choosing different behaviors that's all i mean by consciousness i don't mean meditating every day um, I'm not talking about being spiritual. I'm just talking about making conscious choices rather than an unconscious patterns. That's all I'm talking about. So conscious cock is about reclaiming this dirty word, making it a positive thing, having the image of, of, of a powerful, beautiful rooster. Be like, oh yeah, he's, that's, wow. And they have sharp cl- talons. What do you call them? Spurs. Spurs. Holy fuck. You ever seen a cock fight? Oh my God. They, they fight to the death. Of course I've seen cock fights. You should. Yeah. Right? Well, well, people think, oh, chickens. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Totally different. Downshift your cultural judgments about what that means. Stop being on autopilot and actually experience in mindfulness the energy of the animal. Yeah. And like, you'll be like, oh my God, wow, that actually is an interesting metaphor for good masculinity. Uh-huh. I, I looked for two years to try to find a positive archetype. Mm-hmm an archetype for positive masculinity and i couldn't find it i had to come up with it myself so that's it conscious cock way to be an innovator it's fantastic it it makes total sense and your book is delightful i am very impressed with how well it flowed and how informational it was in and it gives you little like step by step actionable items that you can address in your own life go get the damn book conscious cock sorry you got you coughing i don't mean to (laughs) okay uh um yeah consciouscock.com um and if you go to amazon and you look for it you're not going to find it because they censor me in the search results of course i'm not doing anything that big here all i'm teaching is communication tools and relationship strategies and some sex education Mm -hmm. but i'm censored like that, our, our culture is so sex negative. Anyway, so if you go to my website, consciouscock.com, uh, then you get all the links there. And there's a bunch of free downloads. If anybody wants to go there, there's worksheets on how to spice up your relationship, how to bring up difficult topics, uh, great conversation starters. I mean, awesome things. You are a wonderful and amazing find for me. I'm so glad that your publicist reached out to me because oh, yeah. you have been fantastic. Like, um, definitely going to have you back on my show because I, um, I, I really enjoyed this time and, and I don't have enough time to talk to you today. I just feel oh, yeah. like I, we need to keep forever. it short. Yeah, I know we could talk forever, but <laughs> people need busy lives and it's whatnot. super cool. But yeah. just in closing, is there, I know you just did the most amazing job. Tell me one thing. If anybody listens to this show, tell me the one thing that you want men out there to hear go. Go get a period tracking app on your phone, damn it. And then when your partner 
gets her period, put the date in the app. And then when it gives you pop-ups, read them, learn about the period, see if she has a cycle that's trackable. And if she does, then watch how she experiences life and how that shifts. Can you observe any discernible pattern? And then work with that as an ally to be supportive rather than making her wrong. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. You're giving away all of our trade secrets as ladies, just so you know. <laughs> that's how we keep men at bay. You know that class that they teach you in like, what is it? Sixth, seventh grade, then separate boys and girls. And they teach us one thing and they teach you guys something totally different. Ours is world domination and power. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally teasing. Anyway, so to wrap it up, this is Pollyanna Amazing. This has been Buried Pleasures. You can find me at buriedpleasures.com. You can find me on all of the major podcasting platforms, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Find me out there. Uh, Christopher, thank you again for being here. It's been a pleasure for sure. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who actually listened to this far. You know, this is uncommon stuff for conversations. Most people don't do this. So even just by listening to this stuff, you're, you're, you're doing something amazing for empowering your own life. So thank you for doing that work for yourself. It, it ripples out. It affects your other relationships. And then that affects other people. Like it creates beautiful, positive change in the world. So thank you for doing this work for yourself. That's right. All right, guys. Well, have a great day. Bye. When it rains, it Water's up to my chin. Once I fight it. To the very end Many men tried to reach it Many men have fell Well, if you want to get to heaven You gotta raise a little hell I've been running from the law Hope they won't see me down You find me, hope you find me.